Did you know that it's possible to raise your littles to want to listen to you without the use of consequences, rewards, and bribes? Hi, I'm Kaylee Zeyer, and this is the Chaos to Connected podcast, where we discuss simple yet effective parenting strategies to manage those pesky behaviors we go to bed at night hoping will be gone tomorrow. We're going to stand up to societal norms of disconnection, shaming, and punishments so we can take a deeper look into our child's heart. It's there you'll find connection, and there where you'll find more peace, obedience, respect, and joy. So what are you waiting for? We know those behaviors aren't going to go away on their own. Let's dive in. Hey there, and welcome to the Chaos to Connected podcast. Today, I want to talk about aggressive or like physical behavior. So when I say that, I mean like hitting, kicking, throwing, biting, those sorts of things. And whether that is because of a sensory dysregulation or behavior. Um, Because this is a common question and I feel like I've gotten it a lot lately. And so I thought it'd be good to talk about it and kind of clear the air a little bit. Because you know, so often when people see these behaviors and even in my earlier years or not just my earlier years, but honestly, until I had this other training and education, it was pretty much automatically assumed that if a child was engaging in any behavior that seemed like, you know, more intense Um, muscle involvement, that sort of thing, that the child was seeking deep input and that that meant some of those strategies needed to be be put in place. Now, I think there is a fairly clear distinction between sensory needs and behavior. And I think a large majority of time, what we're seeing is not due to sensory dysregulation. Now, that doesn't mean that the sensory strategies can't be helpful, but I think it's easy for us to jump to, oh, my child's hitting, so they must need more deep input or proprioceptive input. And honestly, that's what I used to think um, when I was working in the clinic and doing lots of work with kids with self-regulation programs and stuff like that. So... If your child has some sort of sensory processing disorder, then obviously look to this first. Have you been implementing these strategies regularly in a sensory diet? Um, If you haven't worked with an OT, I'd be happy to chat with you, but I'd, I'd recommend that for sure. Because if your child truly has sensory processing disorder or another diagnosis that involves sensory dysregulation, then this is different than what I'm going to be focusing on and and definitely needs specific focused work to help that system get regulated. When we see a child who is hitting, yes, the child could be using that input to try to calm their body. But more often than not, what I found is not that the child has an actual sensory system dysregulation where it is not functioning properly. What is usually the case is that there's connection issues, there's trigger management problems, and the combination of the two then is resulting in inefficient ability of the child to actually recognize what their body's needing and actively seek it out. So 
I think I've shared on other podcast episodes before, but I'm going to share it here anyways, because sometimes I mix up what I share here and what I have shared in master classes. But we are all sensory beings and how our sensory systems work when they are, when they're regulated and you know, you're not having like disordered sensory systems, um, is when your body is not functioning at an optimum self-regulation or regulation level. So for example, you know, you're really angry or upset or super excited, or you're on the other end where you're really tired, um, not feeling well, sad, those types of things. Our body board is another one. Our body recognizes for certain tasks that we have to accomplish we can't be in either of those extremes. We need to be back to like the just right in the middle, calm, focused space. And so what our body naturally does is it will seek out sensory input to help our body either calm down or alert us to get back to that like quote unquote just right place. So a really simple example of this is if you're driving a car Later at night, it's dark, you're tired, you notice you're starting to kind of close your eyes a little bit and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to stay awake. You're not going to think through this whole process, but what your brain is doing is saying, this isn't safe to be falling asleep. I need to do something to wake my body up so that I can actually focus on the road and stay awake until I get to my destination. So therefore, I'm going to do these different sensory input activities to help alert my body. So for example, you might turn up the radio, which is an auditory input that alerts your body. You might roll down the window, turn on the air. That's a tactile input that can alert your body. So what happens when our our kids are disconnected or we have really been struggling to manage triggers, and this can be for, like your child could be disconnected for lots of reasons. It could be just because, you know, they go to daycare or school and you go to work and that's difficult or this the separation for bedtime. Um, it could also be disconnection because of the ways that you're handling behavior, timeout, sending them away, um, shaming, that sort of thing. But it can also be big life transitions, things that a child is working through that maybe they don't have the words for, or even if it's something they like, like a new a new home or a new activity that, that they're going to, a new school, a new sibling. Um, all of these things can be things that the child likes. However, it's a huge transition and it still throws them off. I mean, think about it for yourself. If you move to a new place and you're packing up all your stuff and you're moving, like that's a process. And even if you're super excited about moving, that is still a little bit of a stressor that you have to work through. But you have the words to say that and you often, you know, maybe you talk to your spouse about it. Um, if you If you're married or a friend or a family member or something and you're working through that. The child's way of working through that is through behavior because they're communicating to you there's something here and I'm not quite sure what to do about it. And so a lot of times when we see this behavior come out, when it when it tends to be more physical, we can jump to, oh, they need more of this deep input. When in reality, we have to take a, a you know, like a zoom out, take a bigger view of what's happening. Has there been big life changes? Has there been just changes in daily routine? They don't even have to be huge. Like you moved to a new house or you got a new sibling. They could just be, you know, they were going to 
dance every week and now it's over and now they're not anymore or the change in seasons like there could be all these different things that can impact our kid and so we need to just kind of zoom out and think about that um because oftentimes it's something that they're not able to communicate they they maybe don't know that it's impacting them like right um if you're in a place where you have all four seasons or extreme like in in here in Minnesota you know the winter although this winter isn't quite as extreme it was 62 yesterday and now it's like negative five outside (laughs) um anyway you know a lot of times that's where those seasonal affective disorders can come in and so our kids might be experiencing similar things like similar changes that they just don't know how to put words to their their body can be impacted in ways that maybe they don't know how to communicate And so generally what happens is we jump to, oh, they need some more sensory input to regulate. But what I have consistently found time and time again, again, unless there is a sensory processing disorder or another like neurological condition that has um, impact on sensory systems, then it's generally just a connection problem. And that could be connection because of you know, they have things to work through and they need space to process and help supporting through that. That could be they need more attention and time with you and control. Um, It could also be that you aren't really managing your triggers, either how you have been or you just have never really known how to do that. And it could be a combination of all of those things. If you are really struggling with managing your triggers or you really want some help, I launched the masterclass um, called Tame Your Triggers on Monday, so two days ago, and it is going to, it takes you through six steps. You get one email a day with one step so that you are really focusing on that step because these are foundational. This is a process and it builds upon each each day. So I want to make sure that you are actually implementing and not just reading the email, um, reading through the steps and then stopping. They are very simple is broken down. So six might be like, wow, that's a lot of things, but it's really brief, simple things broken down so that you actually take the action. Um, so if that's something that you feel like you need work on, I would encourage you to go to the show notes and just click the link there so you can see all the details about the the masterclass and what's involved and all that stuff. But um, so oftentimes our kids are responding because that bridge between when they are connected and you're managing triggers and then their body is actively able to seek out sensory input that helps them to regulate, that bridge is, is like broken and it needs to be repaired. And how we repair that bridge is not through sensory input activities. Again, these can still be used and helpful, but that's not going to repair the bridge. What's going to repair the bridge is helping them get back connected and or, depending on where you're at, managing your triggers. So I hope that was helpful. Again, you can still participate in the different sensory activities and um, it's great exposure for them to to not only help just to calm the body because deep input particularly has calming impacts um, it can help a child become aware of different types of activities and oftentimes if your child especially is younger and has lots of energy it can just be a helpful 
place to drive that energy. But these issues aren't cropping up because their sensory systems are dysregulated. And just doing these input activities more consistently isn't going to create long lasting consistent change. So if you have any more questions about that, I would love to chat about it with you. You can either shoot me an email or head on over to Instagram and send me a message. And I would love to chat more with you because I know this topic can be kind of complicated. And the way that I'm sharing things is much different than what you're going to find most OTs are sharing. But the truth is I have both the OT background and the connection focused parenting background, which is not something that many OTs can say. And so I really have come to a place where I can recognize how these things fall in line. They're all important and they all come in a certain order and place. And this is what I found to be the most beneficial for my family, as well as all of the families that I have worked with and seeing large results quickly. So Um, I just want to encourage you that just because your child's hitting does not mean your child has a sensory problem. And in fact, we all have sensitivities and like seeking, have preferences, and that doesn't mean there's a problem. If you think your child might have a sensory problem, then I would encourage you to reach out to an OT that you can talk to, or again, feel free to reach out to me. While I focus a lot on connection-focused parenting and teaching about that, I am an OT, and there's no way I can remove that lens. And so if you're having questions like, could this be a sensory thing that I need to get more help with or not, I'd be happy to chat through that with you. Okay, I realized after I hit stop recording that I never actually shared some um, behaviors that might actually result or communicate to you that it is a sensory problem and not a connection problem. While I think a large majority is the connection, like I mentioned before, there are some kids who do have some sensory system dysregulation. And so just a couple common things are a child who doesn't necessarily understand like the weight of something. So our proprioceptive sense helps us. Like if you see a box and you think like it's going to be really heavy, it, your brain communicates to your muscles, like use more force. So if you've ever thought the box was going to be heavy and it was really light and you like almost throw it up in the air because you were using more force, that is that sense. So if you notice your child really struggles with some of that stuff, um, Or another one is like breaking toys while they're playing, but not because they're like angry playing. It's just because how they're playing is just so much rougher that they're frequently breaking toys. Another one would be like pushing really hard as they're writing and they're getting really tired. Now, some of these things can be difficult to determine because with the writing, there also could be fine motor things that are causing problems and you know, they're trying to stabilize the pencil because they don't have the fine motor skills. So again, like I mentioned, if you're having questions of whether this could really be a sensory problem for your child, I would highly encourage you to seek out some professional occupational therapist advice. Uh, With that, I will talk to you next week. Real quick, before you go, if you felt encouraged and inspired by listening to this show, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review over at Apple Podcasts so we can spread the word to help other mamas feel less alone and find beauty in the behaviors. You can also take a screenshot of this episode, share it over on your Instagram stories, and take me, at Kaylee Josire, 
and we'll all do a little happy dance together. I'd love nothing more than to cheer you on along this journey. This work is so hard, but don't forget, God has not only called you to it, but he has equipped you for it. Now go get connected. I'll see you next week.